0: Hello again, and welcome to the master's voice. I am celestial and you are welcome to this channel to old and new subscribers alike. You are very welcome. I am continuing with bringing out the prophecies that have been on the blog since 2019, all the way up to whatever current messages the Lord is giving me now in November, 2022, this prophecy is directly during the time that we had been sequestered, um, locked down. It's May 29, 2020. So it's two and a half years old since the Lord spoke this word. The title of this prophecy is, And the Angel Sounded. And it's going to be looking at some very strong themes from the book of Revelation, primarily Revelation chapter 16, And what God was talking about in this prophecy, because this was a very strong word, the Lord woke me up at 4 a.m. And the way that he was speaking, there is a way that God can express his displeasure It is my deep desire that we do not mistake the Lord. The Lord is so loving, the Lord is so kind, the Lord is so tender and gentle with his children. God even approaches those who do not want him with kindness, extending to them mercy after mercy, grace after grace, and opportunity after opportunity. But there comes a time when every parent, for God is the parent of the Christian, God is the parent of the false Christians, the Christians who are prepared. God is the parent of all living because he created us and he owns the solo patent to human beings. And so even those who don't want to be saved, even those who reject God, even those who by their choices and their lifestyle and the continual refusal of God, putting up the hand to God, rejecting grace, rejecting Christ, God even is the father of those people. And therefore, as the ultimate parent, there comes a time when parents get tired of talking. There comes a time where even you as a human being, you get tired of telling your children and you simply move from conversation, you move from negotiation, you move from warning, you move from second, third, fourth warning, and you go straight into action. When the Lord woke me up with this message at 4 a.m., the strength that he was coming with, I really thank him that he understands that I am just flesh and that he always covers even the full force of his anger. Even when there are times that the presence of God bears down on my heart so strongly, somehow I know he always tempers it at the level that he knows that flesh can bear. And so, I was hearing multiple voices. Sometimes I will be hearing the Lord, but at the same time, different things are going on spiritually. And this message was like that. The primary voice was this, God was forceful. He was intense and yes, he was scary. He was very angry. And he was saying that things have reached the point where he has to judge the world very harshly now because they leave him no choice. Remember, I said we were in the opening grip of the CV-19 um, global pandemic first time that you're seeing a worldwide lockdown and things like that. And so obviously tensions were high, fear was high. Um, Majority of people did not know what was going on, but the Lord had already started giving me clear understanding that this was the flexing of the one world beast system that he had been showing me for years prior to that point. And so we were right in this thing. And he was telling me that, yes, this is your judgments that are starting because you have left me no choice. Mankind has sinned themselves up to the cliff edge and then sinned themselves right off the cliff. And so he said, people even continue to sin as if judgment had not entered the world. And of course, when you lock people in um, here, um, as we look back, we saw these articles in the news where it said, oh, people are shacking up more than ever. So all the people who were fornicating, what better thing to do to entertain yourself when you're on lockdown than to just increase the sin. People became lethargic. Um, there were reports of alcohol sales going up, domestic violence going up. And so the Lord spoke true. He said, people leave him no choice, but to judge them harshly, because even when judgment comes to the land and people should have some cognizance that this is judgment upon us, they did not, and they carried on with life as usual. And I spoke in the dream that is called Settle the Accounts of Men. If you have not seen that video, I'm going to link it below. It is an extremely sobering and important dream. And the dream opened up with me seeing how different groups of people reacted to the shout that the bridegroom was on his way back. And the first group of people that God was showing me are people who didn't even notice the time, the season. They did not care whether the bridegroom was on his way, stuck in traffic or anything. They did not change anything about their lives. They were not aware that judgment was coming to the earth. They were not aware that God was on the move to come and repay each living person according to their deeds. And so they changed nothing. And God says that, he does exist, and he has the right to judge all men and to condemn sin, and he is going to do that once and for all. And so this prophecy that the Lord gave me is that plagues are going to come to this earth. And I've spoken about it recently, and now this is the first of them. I will not do each one, but I will do the two main ones. says, a terrible rush of plagues will hit the earth from now on, and each one will be worse than the last. And please bear in mind when he's saying now on, now on he was talking about 2020, he was saying things like f- plague, um, more plagues would be coming. So he said that we would begin to see rolling waves of pandemic sicknesses. Then he gave the word in 2021 called, um, behold a pale horse, behold a pale horse part two, and said that old and ancient diseases would be coming back. But these plagues are of a biblical nature. This one that I'm talking about, this is about one plague and that is the coming of blood, the plague of blood. So as the Lord was speaking, this, this was the main voice. But as he was talking, I was hearing other voices speaking. And one voice said, behold, the angel shall sound. So God is talking all this stuff that I've just said to you, but there's a voice going, behold the angel shall sound behold the angel shall sound and then another voice said and then the fifth angel sounded and I was shook I I was listening to God and these other voices are making proclamations here and there and I'm sleeping I'm sleeping so I recognized that these were words from the book of Revelation and I said Lord are we there yet are we there yet can we be there already? And if we are God, how did we get there? And the voices kept proclaiming, Behold, the angel shall sound. And then the fifth angel sounded, and then a new voice said, And behold, something like a great mountain burning with sulfur was thrown into the midst of the sea. And I knew that heaven was announcing that there is a shift in the times. It is essential. You know, um, the Bible says that when Paul was teaching in the different territories, as he was traveling and establishing churches, there was this group of people called the Bereans. And it says that when they heard Paul preaching, they were not like other people who will just show up somewhere and you can can just tell them a yarn. And then they will just say, yes, we, we believe. Or like another group that we have that no matter what you tell them and no matter what evidence you show them, they are obstinate in their hearts. And then they say, we will not believe the Bereans were wise people, and they searched the scriptures that Paul was telling them because these were not people who were naturally um, of the Jewish faith. So they, they obtained copies of the scripture, and they searched it diligently to see if the things that Paul was telling them were so. Now, when heaven is announcing a shift for men, it is very tragic if men do not recognize the time and the season that has come upon them. So if the Lord for instance says that he will be bringing harsh judgments for sexual immorality, and that the judgments will be so harsh that he will allow little animals to begin feeding on people and nesting in their private parts and eating at them in ways that terrify the doctors, and that he will take away even pastors and and husbands who are committing adultery and wives who are committing adultery, that he will take them away in the very acts of the adultery take people away in the very act of fornication saying that people will die on the chest of the men and women that they are not married to. And yet in that climate with such judgments coming into the earth, you are unaware of them. You are on Tinder and Bumble and all the stuff, and you are still continuing business as usual. The Lord says that, if people do not separate from what they are calling this gender confusion and this same-sex attraction and keep justifying their flesh's lust, then he says that when these people are passing away for judgment, will strike them for desecrating the temple of the body with sin and offending against God who has said that kind shall not, lie with kind man, not with man, as with a woman, woman, not with a woman as she would with a man. If people keep doing this, then the Lord says that when the judgment does strike for the judgment will not draw back because you didn't know about it. In fact, you will become the casualty of that judgment. People will fall prey to the activity of what I call the cutting blades that have now entered the earth, and the blade will cut you whether you knew that it was the season of the blade or not. And so if we are not aware of these shifts, then we are not like the Bereans, and we have not searched to find out if the things that are coming forth from the Lord are so or not. And so this is what the Lord said, after those voices had made those announcements, He said, I will take the water away. I will take away all the drinking water and turn it to blood. For three days, all the water on earth will be polluted, undrinkable, and bloody. I will revisit the plagues of Egypt upon them. The water will be blood, and men will have to drink juice, tea, energy drinks, because water will be polluted with blood blood will come out of the bathroom taps if anyone tries to bathe or wash himself i will corrupt the lifeblood of the earth since they have altogether corrupted themselves will with sin you will announce the plague of blood you will even announce the plague of the firstborn if men continue to sin against me without repentance and the firstborn of this earth shall die as they died in Egypt. And when I woke up from this prophecy, I was amazed. Part of my amazement were the words the Lord used. I will go over them. But part of my amazement was also the fact that a few months previous, I had received another prophecy where I found myself in Greece. It was modern day Greece, but God was showing me a curious sight. The people who were the inhabitants of Greece did not look like the way they do now. They did not look um, European in appearance at all. In fact, the people who looked European in appearance were the tourists, the, the original inhabitants, the people who were proudly trying to gather around me and receive me as a guest and show me their monuments here and there, they appeared to be African. They had accents and they were jostling with one another to say, no, show her this, show her this. And they had strong accents and they did not look anything like the current day people. And as I was trying to be polite to these people and also trying to take in the sights, I heard screams. The title of that prophecy is called signs in the earth. I heard screams from this very beautiful fountain that was in center stage. And, um, I heard the scream and it was like blood, blood in the water. And then i i wasn't standing near the fountain but i i looked into one of these fountains that was near me because this is the large piazza you know with beautiful these people had huge fish you know the fish they're like this and then the mouth is open and the water is just gushing out into fountain and, and art pieces everywhere it was a beautiful large piazza that i was in so i glanced into a fountain that was near me and I didn't see anything wrong with the water. And I just thought, what is this? Cause the shouts were breaking out at different parts of this large, decorative centerpiece type of place. And then as I looked at the side of this ornate bowl, so it's like a fountain with just water sprinkling up. And as I looked at the side of this fountain's bowl, I saw that it had cracked and what was seeping out was not water, it was blood. And then when I looked again, I saw these little tendrils, you know how blood will spread in water like ink, like they show in the movies. I saw that and the screams were becoming more urgent, blood, blood in the water, and right before our eyes, the water that was available in that place turned to blood, and so my understanding from that first dream was this will happen to Greece, but some some time later now, the Lord showed and he said he will take away all All the water making it polluted and undrinkable and bloody because he will give this earth as punishment for persistent sin I don't think that people really understand a lot of Christians this is my estimation after this time in close contact with thousands of people many people do not understand how dangerous sin is. This is squarely on the heads of the pastors who have taught the last 40 to 50 years. They have opted to stay away from sin because they are man pleasers at heart they have opted to turn away from preaching the full cost the full counsel of the gospel which is to tell people that there is a God who loves them that there is a God who is seeking to repair the broken rift between man and God by offering us the bridge of Christ Jesus who laid down his life upon that cross the perfect sacrifice the propitiation which means the full and more than adequate payment for our evil to bring us back to fellowship, but they only preach one side of the coin. They preach God like an available Jack in the box. And they forget to say that God is multidimensional, that he has feelings. He has emotions. He has the right to disapprove of everything we do that is flagrantly disobedient to what he told us to do in his word. And because pastors have left this out, the fault is with them, but the fault lies with the sheep as well, because they have consented to be poorly taught. If you do not know how dangerous sin is, and you do not know that the wages of sin still are death today in 2022 and forevermore, it is also your fault. You consented to receive a partial gospel. You were not a Berean. You did not go into the word of God to see if what these love is love and love is true. And only love remains churches told you was true. You did not open this book. And if you find yourself unprepared At this hour, where God is talking about taking away people's firstborn sons, how many out there have firstborn sons? Are you willing to lose your child because you did not have the full apprehension of God's word? People are preaching Jesus as if he is some jelly lotion potion. Oh, he knows your heart. Yes, he knows that the heart is deceitful and that it is wicked above all things. It's wicked. It's deceiving. It constantly makes excuses for itself. A person caught in sin always has that one little secret excuse tucked away somewhere to tell them, well, you know, um, I'm not the only one. Do you know where that logic leads? That logic basically means in simple English, I'm willing to be one of millions in hell for doing something. I'm not the only one. That's the ending of it. I always encourage those who view this channel, whenever you have a thought, never have that thought and leave it alone. Always follow that thought to its logical conclusion. It's not so bad. I'm not the only one. Those are little pebbles on the Hansel and Gretel trail that leads you to the house of the witch called. Of course you're not the only one. There's 50 fulfilling people in fornication and you can join the others in the lake of fire. That's where that kind of thinking, that's what tucking excuses into little places leads to. Satan is a deceiver and people consent to be deceived. God says that he will take away water, he will turn it into blood, he will pollute the drinking water because he's going to judge us at Exodus, book of Exodus, plague level. And then when I say, take heed. Listen to the word of God on this channel. If God has brought you here, he has probably you brought you to the one of the few places that does not care about your feelings, that does not care about your emotions. I am not one of the pastors who will compromise the word of God to cater to you feeling okay. I am not going to speak at a level that you can find acceptable so your heart can feel well. Okay. But she's speaking with love. Love is caring enough to tell you that hell is real and that you are not too special to go there no one is too special to go there whoever presumes upon God's grace presumes above his love can go there and it's a one-way trip God brings you to a place like this and to still be led by emotion and to still be juvenile some people Just because certain things are mentioned, then they say it's a false prophet. Why? Because they have no room in their hearts to accept the God who is preached here. They reject the God who is preached here because the false effigy, the guy Fox burning man that they received in the false churches. They love that false effigy too much to accept that he is not real a puppet Jesus who knows your heart and will never condemn sin. You tuck an excuse in here and he will say, here's another three to keep you warm for the next three months that you keep sinning this sin. Mrs. Potiphar tried to touch Joseph and that kid bolted. The idea of touching another man's wife. He had been raised so well on the laws of God. And remember, there was no New Testament for Joseph to be raised on. The law had not yet come. It was just, it was just, you know, there was no Moses. They had not gone to Mount Sinai. The the 10 commandments weren't there, but a little boy knew "Mm, adultery is wrong. She's not my wife. He said, how can I sin against God who forbids this? How did he know? How did he know that far back? Because the righteous laws of God are in the hearts of men. You don't need a chair squad to know what you should do and should not be doing. And grown adults will say, oh, I didn't know this was sin. Aren't you being disingenuous? Aren't you being disingenuous? If a child knows what sin is little babies, why is it that when you rebuke them, they look sad because they know what is wrong and they want to do it. Anyway, it is the prompting to love evil and shun good. The leftover stains from standing in the garden and choosing to eat from a tree. Let me say this, choosing to eat from a tree that will justify evil because it has some good properties. I'm saying all this for the weed users and the ayahuasca and other psychedelic users that say, oh, but if you use it in microdoses, yes. Let's microdose the evil thing because it has some good benefits. This is people. And then you stand in front of a God at the end of your life, full of light and dark, wickedness and truth, a true Adam and Eve child carrying good and evil in you, and you stand in front of a God, guess what? Who cannot countenance evil, who has no space for it in heaven. He is only good, all good, all the time. And he looks at you and he says, ah, I see that you also are leavened through with leavened leavened through with leaven and now you are outside of the body you cannot go back and unmicrodose the sugar you cannot go back and stop justifying that oh no i mean weed if you do it this way it's bad but if you roast it this way at the third level it's it's actually quite it's a portal gateway opening drug there is a reason it is being legalized all over this nation a high nation Is a nation open to be inhabited by spirits, demons and devils? Any nation that becomes a drug using nation is as good as dead. The drugs will do some, and then the demons that jump in people and have them peeling off the skin of the innocent will do the rest. Good and evil, light and dark, dwelling in the people, dwelling in the church. And they forget that this life is a twinky sized moment. And then after that, judgment and eternity with Christ or in fire. But to appear wise, to appear apothecaries, to appear, no, I've studied this, Celestial. You don't know the good side of it. Imagine trying to sell the good side of darkness. And most of it is because the propaganda machine that runs the media and that runs the educational systems have told people, Oh no, this is good. Right now they are legalizing this mushroom thing. The media centers. TV documentaries are selling it hard, how we can open up untapped areas of our brain. If we just try a little bit of this, it's too potent in its raw form, but we're finding ways to synthesize it because it helps people access old memories and it helps healing and it helps this, and it helps you to stand before a God who is light. Bless your name, Jesus, with no darkness in him. And he will say, ah, a pity leavened through with leaven. The Lord says he will take the water away because we're going biblical in terms of how we will be judged. He said, juice, tea, energy drinks. And with me, I always spend time looking at these, at these things because people will read this prophecy back and then say, energy drinks are bad. Why would God say that we should drink energy drinks? Well, when all the water has turned to blood, you might not be so picky. So if you think about things just longer than 30 seconds, you will pick up all his nuance. He's not telling us energy drinks are good. He's telling us that you will be so thirsty that you will be drinking five-hour energy, whether you like it or not, simply because it's liquid. And he says that he will corrupt the lifeblood of Earth. Earth's lifeblood is water. And he says the reason he will do it is because the people themselves are corrupted with sin, so why do they need fresh, clean water? Announce the plague of blood, and you will even announce the plague of the firstborn. Now, this is painful, that people will start seeing their firstborn child passing away because that firstborn child is stubbornly opposed to coming in out of the hailstorms coming in out of the rain coming in out of the sin god was telling me as i was preparing this prophecy saying tell them that i have heard their sins and this is specifically to the u.s this prophecy is everywhere He said he will do it everywhere but this part he was saying tell them that i hear the cry of blood from the ground of America. I hear the cry of the native Americans and the African Americans. God said, I hear the cry of the children and such an odd thing. The blood of the children, he says, sings to me. Now, scripturally, when Cain slew Abel, the Lord said to Cain after asking him and having Cain deny and act like an only child, I don't know who you mean. God says your brother's blood is crying out from the ground. So see, the Lord saying, yes, the Native American, the African American, all the people who have been murdered here unjustly, all the people who are being dug up from under the garage now. A month ago, the Lord said cold cases would explode back into the public eye. He said all these lost bodies, people who they they pour, put their body into the foundation, Of the house and then built the house on top of them hiding murders hiding this and hiding that he said old cases and see all the old cases now it's the top thing everybody's podcasting about 30 years ago yeah God says it may be entertainment to the masses but God is saying that he's giving these dead bodies rest he's going after the perpetrators even if the perpetrator is dead God is going to make sure that your name is smeared on NBC, CBC, and all the seas. He will make sure that your dirt comes out so that you don't rest in peace, but you rest in infamy and shame, which you deserve for killing people. Dead bodies will speak, he said. But this thing here, the firstborn being taken away, this is people who are hard-hearted, resistant, Against the grace of God some of you you have children you have done. Well It is just that the strings of your heart will not let you let go But you have done well and I'm not telling anyone to give up on their children. What person what mother what father? Who brings life into this world would just go around snipping? Yes, they're terrible parents and they go around snipping but there are people who are willing to go under the bus for their children and all I can tell you is some of these children are hardened to the point of no return. You can stand outside their door crying, crying, crying to them, they will never come back. And some of them, they only require severe faith and a fighting stance to bring them to their knees and humble them before the Lord. Many of you, you're trying to fight face-to-face battle with your children and you don't know that the principality of the dragon, that brazen, hardened, know-it-all, whose other name is Satan, is inside your child. The more you talk, the more they're like, listen, mom, I don't wanna talk about this. Mom, don't make me cut you off. You can't have conversations with Satan. You have to go over his head and appeal to the only wise judge and beg for these souls. Otherwise these children. And when I say children, I'm even talking up to your 51 year old child who has like 18 boosting harms in the arm and is waiting for them to release the 19th. So she or he can go and get it. You have to appeal for them upstairs on your knees with regular fasting, calling their name and saying, no seed of my womb will be wasted unless these firstborn from his mouth, not mine, will go to the grave because of their sin. And so in in Revelation 16, Verses four to seven, it says, and then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and was and is to be, because you have judged these things, for they have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their due reward. And I heard another from the altar saying, even so, Lord God, almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And God was telling America, though these are global, these are global plagues, the plague of blood turning to water. But he was telling America that he hears the different tears, the different many groups whose blood has been shed and whose, whose blood is crying out to him from the ground. But the Lord said that the blood of the infants, young children and babies that has been shed here, curiously, he said that that blood sings because he says these children are totally innocent and have done nothing. And America will be given blood to drink because she herself is a drinker of the blood of others. And now, where it was saying, and I heard the fifth angel sound, you can find that in Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. And it is detailing the fall of a powerful prince to the earth, Apollyon by name. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And the power of scorpions, obviously, is to sting with an agonizing and often fatal sting. And they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, but death will flee from them. And then the last declaration that I heard in my sleep was, and then I saw a mountain burning with sulfur and it was thrown into the sea. And that is Revelation chapter 8 and verses 8 to 9. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. And I will just linger here for a brief moment because. There was quite an interesting misconception about this. I think it was earlier this year when La Palma started to have that volcano. And here came out the theologians again, based on emails that were going around saying, well, when this falls and sinks and then it will start a tsunami. And of course, 10 months later, here we are still waiting for that tsunami, but praise the Lord. And people were saying, this is the mountain thrown into the sea. People, please understand um, that the Bible Sometimes it uses hidden, arcane language. Sometimes it really, it can take months. It can take months carefully chewing the scripture, asking for the scripture to be open to you, reading this and reading that. And as your discernment increases, because of so many lies on the internet, there are times when I will open a document and immediately after I read the top of the document and the person's name and I start to read, I just know this is a lie and this person is deceived. This person was confused in their second sentence and therefore this is a 10-page document that is based on confusion and lies and I'm just able to click out of that. I do the same in my work and it is just a particular grace that God has given me because without the ability to discern truth from lie, how can anyone prophesy in the spirit of God? Will that person not be carrying a belly full of wind? Thrown into the sea means it must come from an upper place to the bottom. A thing is not sitting in the sea like a volcano and then drops into the sea and you call that throwing. It is submerging to sink into. That is not throw. When the Bible wants to say something will sink into something else, then it will say so. When it says something will be thrown, something is going to be hefted with great force from a height to a lower position. So exactly what it says, something that will appear like a mountain. It could be even a planet sized rock will be thrown from a higher place, lower down. And since we're as low as it gets, something is going to fall down here into the sea and destroy the sea, a third of it becoming blood. It doesn't say anything about a tsunami in the verse. I always say to people, the greatest respect and honor you can give God among the 10,000 great respects and honors, read what he says. Take it at face value. It's not hidden from us unless it says, seal up this mystery for the time of the this and that. Or this is a mystery God means for men to seek out. But once it's just saying words. If you have your Bible in Portuguese, you have your Bible in you know, Tagalog, you have your Bible in English, whatever you're reading, whatever it says there, just read it as that and you will be blessed. Whatever it says, that's what it is. God bless you. And so these are judgments of an escalating kind that are coming upon the earth, the whole earth, seals of revelation and things like that are of equal application across the whole world. And so these are times necessary for intercession. These are not times to be easily panicked. These are not times to let anyone spook you from a place of groundedness in God. Don't let, there's a practice in hunting. There's a reason that people go hunting with dogs and not parakeets. Because dogs are noisy and dogs are very boisterous. And dogs are always eager to get out there and do something. That's their nature. So what people do is... They send the dogs ahead, and then the dogs scent and track. And when they pick up a scent, they begin to bark excitedly, and then they go after. They begin to pursue and chase. And then whatever that is, whether it's a deer, whether it's a moose, whether it's a fox, that thing that may have been trying to hide in the forest, trying to hide in the savannah cover, it comes out into the open and begins to run even lions and other big cats do this. They stay low to the ground. They try to stay down when, but when they get close enough to their prey, then they let out the sound or they pounce or they begin to run. And that's called flushing. The prey is driven out into the open. Why? Because the end is destruction. Nobody's trying to be peeking in the trees for the prey. You want to get enough media reports out there, you want to do enough this, enough that, until the heart of the prey no longer can trust. It no longer wants to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. It doesn't care about the shadow of the Almighty. It's like, listen, it's me against the world. And the minute you step out, the dogs are upon you, and the end of that is destruction. There is a reason that God says, that those who keep their eyes fixed on me, perfect peace, I will keep him in perfect peace. It is true. It does take time for the peace to be perfected, but you know what? Halfway peace is better than no peace at all. Halfway peace is still a pretty good deal and you can work on the other half. May the Lord bless and keep you. I'm working to get these prophecies out so that the Lord can be glorified for his words. Global plagues are coming. The other plague is called the plagues of Egypt, and I will try to get that one done tomorrow. Until I see you again, God bless you. Keep your eyes on the Lord and may no one flush you out into doing things hastily, acting hastily, acting out of character, acting out of panic, Moving to Paraguay before asking God if you're even supposed to go to Paraguay? Let God lead you. Let God order your steps. Until I see you again, goodbye.